0: This episode of Manage Smarter is presented by Sales Fuel Consulting, leading experts for assessing and transforming management, sales, culture, and team performance. Learn more at salesfuel.com. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast, everyone. I'm Audrey Strong, Director of Communications for SalesFuel. And I'm C.
0: Lee Smith, the President and CEO of Sales Fuel. Audrey, you know, we've got, uh, if you just think about the headlines we've had in the news, like the past couple of years, it's, it's a very interesting theme. It's like you've got, you have top e- secret emails on un- unsecured mail servers you have the foreign government hacking into Sony and exposing all kinds of stuff about, about their movie projects and and the things going on with the top executives. You have foreign governments hacking to try to influence elections. You have hackers trying to hack into all kinds of servers, uh, to, you know, try maybe trying to steal cryptocurrency or trying to expose secrets that are embarrassing or something like that. They're, I'm surprised that we're really not hearing more about preventative measures for how we can secure our mail servers and, and our computer systems. Uh, These days in the news
1: Well that's why we have brought another Smith into the stable Sharon, Sharon Smith Thank you for coming today Thank you for having me So everybody, Sharon is a cybersecurity strategy consultant She's also a coach, a speaker, and a trainer She's the author of a book called The Corporate Detox And you gotta check out her podcast It's called C-Suite Success Radio Podcast She's the host of it On the C-Suite Network Which we are also members of And that's how we met you, Sharon Thank you for coming today I'm excited. It was
2: great to meet you guys, and I'm really happy to be here.
1: All right. So um, this is a very, very hot topic. I guess, what are your general views on what every manager needs to know about cybersecurity? Well, general
2: views, we could be here all day talking about just the the general views. It seems that with all the headlines, you would think that more uh, organizations were just jumping all over this to try and solve the problem, where in reality, I feel like I'm coming across a lot of organizations who still don't think it'll happen to them, don't think they have anything worth taking, some of the smaller organizations maybe, and don't really understand what the attackers are after. So they haven't built this culture of security because they themselves are overwhelmed by it. And sometimes when we're overwhelmed, it can be easier to just bury our heads in the sand and try and ignore it and get cyber insurance or go, oh, it'll never happen to me. And that's just not how it works anymore. And one thing I think many people are missing on it is maybe it's not about your data, but your network may lead to another network that has the data. You may be the the gateway or the playground for that attacker to then do more nefarious things or get further or get to the place they were trying to get just because you don't have the data and you probably have something. But even if you don't have the data, you may be connected to another network that has really important data. So do you want to be part of helping that attacker get where they're trying to get? Or do you want to be part of the solution, which means cybersecurity, protecting your network, uh, training your users, a security culture, and really just doing something about it and not deciding that it'll never happen to me or it's not relevant to me. I think that's kind of where we're still at all these years later. I've been in this field 13 years, and I don't feel like we've made a lot of progress.
0: Let's quantify that. By what percentage of companies that, that, that you see out there, you think are at least doing a satisfactory job on cybersecurity these days?
2: Oh, it's hard for me to quantify, Lee, just because there's so many companies. And, of course, I have only have my hands in a small percentage of them. I do work with a lot of smaller organizations and nonprofits. Of course, they've got smaller budgets and mm-hmm. smaller means, and they just, unfortunately – don't have the expertise, or the personnel, or the budget, and, and the folks running it, it's a nonprofit. are probably thinking this is you know, a huge cost center, and they're just not doing what needs to be done to protect themselves or other organizations. And even the large organizations who think they've got it covered, we see day after day, right, in these breaches that they don't. So it feels like while a lot of larger organizations, and some of the smaller ones, are doing something, a lot of what they're doing is compliance driven, they need to check a lot of boxes. And compliance and security are different. Now, doing compliance and doing it right and doing it well will get you closer to security, no, no question about it. But it's when you're just checking the box, you're not really focused on security.
0: All right, so we expound on that. What is the difference between uh, security and compliance in your mind?
2: Sure. So compliance is usually regulatory, sometimes industry specific. If you're in the healthcare industry, you have to do certain things to protect healthcare data. If you take credit cards, you have to do certain things to protect the credit card data. You have to, depending on if you're defense or whatnot, there's a certain set of rules. And everybody has different rules they have to follow, which makes it even more confusing. And you have to do all these things and be able to prove it in an audit and check all these boxes. Sometimes you can reduce the quote unquote scope so that the auditors only have to look at this subset of your network because this is where your data lives, even though the rest of your network could be completely insecure, which means potentially you're still gonna be able to get, you know, someone may still be able to get in. So security is really looking at it more holistically, looking at almost blocking and tackling from a a football analogy. You need the the basics and compliance can sometimes, it will definitely cover the basics to a point, but not necessarily in in your entire organization, And when compliance has an annual deadline, a lot of times people are just scrambling at that last 13th hour to get everything they need to prove that they're compliant when they're supposed to be maintaining it every day. If they focus on security first and maintaining security, operationalizing it, standardizing, normalizing, and making it operational, then the compliance stuff should be pretty easy. There should only be a couple extra things that you need to do.
1: So your book is called The Corporate Detox, and I like that you said that the cybersecurity issue is really one of the things that causes a lot of stress and worry among c suiteers and managers at all levels. In terms of detoxing um, and putting this problem somewhat to bed, what are your recommendations for working from the inside out to impress upon your culture um, the importance of making sure that you're buttoned up?
2: I love it. When I wrote the corporate detox, it was really a general detox from the perspective that too many people I met in all these different organizations were just hanging in there or, you know, singing the hump day celebration and the Friday, you woohoo and the Monday, the Monday blues. And, you know, as a consultant, you go from organization to organization and you get to see a lot. And when you start to see the theme that most people are just hanging in there, it started to make me really sad because I feel you should go to work and have more more life to it, more enjoyment than just counting down the days till Friday, having the Sunday night blues and the Monday, day, Monday morning blahs and all of that. So when I wrote that book, it was really a general kind of idea for executives from a, a true culture perspective, but it completely ties well into the cyber world. And from the perspective of cyber, we really need to look at culture of security. And what does that mean? And do your employees really understand their role? Not just a security awareness, take a little, you know, 45-minute computer-based training every year. Yeah, 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 you know. Do they really understand the importance of their role? Do they understand that they are directly connected via their computer to the Internet and that they are the ones that get the emails that if they click on could, nowadays you've probably heard of ransomware, could completely take the organization out, From a data perspective the data could be completely destroyed Uh, do they realize that their credentials could be stolen because they click on things do they understand where they fit in the big picture who is their customer what's the organization's goal a lot of people i think go to work and they just do their job and they don't from a culture perspective they're not having the conversation with their boss and senior leaders because those folks aren't having the conversation down to say why are we here What's our mission? Why are our customers important to us? What are we gonna do to do that? We do we have social responsibility? Do we have community responsibility? You know, having more than just um, shareholder responsibility, and that's a big responsibility too, because if you if this goes wrong and your share your shares go down, now your shareholders are losing money, right? Mm -hmm. It can affect a lot of people, but beyond shareholders, just you know, corporate responsibility and when people are bought into and part of a bigger mission than just I come to work and I answer this phone and I do this thing and then I go home, but they they really understand where they fit into the picture and how what they do is so important to the organization, the mission, and how they are the front line of defense for security That begins the culture, but that has to happen through conversations, repeated conversations, not just an annual security awareness training, real conversation, business conversations. Why are we creating this new app and is security involved and why do we need them involved and why it's important and how can we work together versus what I see so often, which becomes a pissing match between the Mm. business wants this new feature, this new app, this new thing, this new process and technology. Or security saying, being the department of no, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this. So they're not brought into the conversation because people think they're just going to say no and they mm-hmm. have a bad attitude.
0: They try to avoid the conversation. Sorry find, step them all together.
2: They do, unless the company has a really strong culture that security must be included from the very beginning. And if they know how to work together collaboratively, if, if security can say, we're here to support you, we serve you. So it's really servant leadership from within the company. And I don't think security leaders have really stopped to think about themselves as a service provider internally. How do you provide a service in a servant way so that your organization will use your services, want to speak to you and collaborate, and want to be part of the solution? And that's a mindset shift.
0: So sometimes it could be just as simple as, this drives me nuts by the way, when I'm consulting with another company and I walk by and I see empty workstations where people are not at work that day or they've, they've left and gone home or whatever, and they're still logged into their computer. It drives me bananas.
2: <laughs> um, you know, I guess it depends on if they're logged in, or just as long as the computer's locked, whether they're logged in or not. Um, if the computer's online, the computer's online. Maybe logging off, um, I don't know how much, how much that would really help as long as the computer's not up and running in terms of screen open. anybody. It can is. That. I mean, there's
0: the, there's the desktop right there with all the files and everything yeah, like that. That's a know.
2: huge, huge problem. So that's a big different story than just it being locked but logged in. Um, so, yeah, that's a huge problem. That is a company that really doesn't understand insider threat. And in, what, the last month have we heard uh, Apple now has had an insider threat from somebody stealing blueprints or something for their new technology. Tesla. And- and, and I was going to say, and Tesla had sabotage internally. And those are just two examples. Those are big examples. Uh, Snowden's a great example of insider mm-hmm. threat oh, and yeah. the intelligence community. Insider threat is huge. And you think that, oh, I trust all my employees. You don't know why someone took the job they took. You don't know what their real motives are. You want to trust. you got to trust but verify. You want to give everyone the benefit of the doubt, and you should. But you also have to do your due diligence to make sure you're not making it easy for someone who is there or has had a bad day, or is disgruntled, and maybe on their way out the door, has been paid off by the com- competition. We don't know of people's circumstances, who has a gambling debt, who owes money to who, who will, you know, is easily bought off, um, and good people do bad things, and we know that.
0: So what's the first thing you ask uh, about when you consult with a company on cybersecurity? What's the first thing you ask?
2: So often I'm there for compliance reasons. So we have to deal with compliance, which means uh, what is the you know what is the compliance initiative? But really, it comes down to re- regardless of it, regardless of it being compliance or security, the first question is what are we trying to protect, hmm. and where is it? And so many organizations can't even answer that well. They don't actually know where all the data is. They just know that they have it somewhere, and they have all these what we call shadow IT uh, departments where you oh, wow. have users stand, standing up their own databases or using box or using, uh, One, one you know, drive or all, it's whatever. It's in the
0: cloud somewhere. It's in the
2: cloud somewhere <laughs> because the, the company doesn't have a policy or doesn't have technology to prevent it from happening and doesn't even know what's happening. So people will do what it, they can do to make their job easier. Unless they know better, people are not, you know, we're path of least resistance people, right? We're, we're trying to get our job done the easiest way we can. And if we don't have rules or technology to stop us, we're just going to find a way. And so organizations literally don't know where their data is most of the time. And that's the data that gets, gets, goes missing is the data they often didn't even realize they had.
0: So what's some tips that you can give to frontline managers and middle managers then for managing their teams so that they can be more diligent uh, when it comes to cybersecurity?
2: Frontline and um, middle managers, I mean, it's a challenge if they don't have directive from the top and they don't have support from the top. Mm -hmm. I would say if you're someone who can work your way up to more senior leadership to try and have that conversation as to, you know, what can and what should or should we not be doing, um, what's important to the organization, see how much they can get you know, support from the top down. But if they really don't have that um, and they really wanna just make sure their teams are not the problem,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
2: real conversations, getting your people in a room and just saying, you know, this is a new topic, I've been reading about it, learning about it, I wanna keep our department, our group uh, out of trouble, I wanna make sure we're doing the right thing for our customers, reminding them Having I mean, that culture conversation just in a small team, why are we here? Who are we here to support? How are we going to do this? What, how, can, you know, how can we solve these problems? Do we know where our data is? Um, do we know what data should be protected? And if we don't, who can we ask in this organization that can help us and be proactive instead of waiting and work with security, work with IT, work with everybody else, and be the team that actually says, can you help us secure our data? Instead of just waiting for someone to come to you and hiding when they do, because it means more work.
1: That's probably a good way, too, if you have like a chief, a C-suite information technology officer, that if that person isn't sending any instructions from the top down, like a process, you can kind of still stay in your lane, but keep your department safe.
2: Yes, and go to that. Whether it's a CTO, a CIO, if you have a CISO, a Chief Information Security Officer, you should have a little bit more process and policy because that person's, that's why they're there, you hope. Um, You never know why organizations hire the way they hire. And sometimes that CISO doesn't actually have chief. um, They may have chief in their title, but they may just be another one of the, you know, lower level executives reporting to a chief or two. Uh, But if you don't have a security team or security officer of some sort, the technology officer, the information officer, maybe even operations officer, um, can you get to them and have a conversation about where this, you know, where is this in the priority of the organization? We want to make sure, I want to make sure my team is doing the right things. What can you help me with? What can you provide for me? If they do great, if they don't just, yeah, figure it out. Um, or read ask people going I use LinkedIn a lot of people go out and ask questions There's a lot of people out there you're gonna weed through the answers because you're gonna have a lot of opinions uh, someone like myself obviously happy to just have a conversation a basic conversation with people there's a lot of ways to you know figure out and a lot of it's just human it's having conversations with your people like okay what data that if we take and we have and we use got out or got taken by a criminal um, would we be like, uh-oh, this is a problem? Like, what, what do we have? Or um, is it sensitive data? Is it social security numbers? Is it addresses, phone numbers, account information? What is it that we use? And, and can we work with IT to make sure it's being protected? How can we say, you know what, we don't really need it. Can we re-engineer our business process to do the same job without that data? And take that, you know, to IT, take that to the business and say, well, we've been thinking about this and we've already come up with a solution. Can we vet it by you? Can we do this? Be proactive if you really want to be that leader.
1: And you said that on your C-suite um, counseling uh, consulting business piece of your equation, that as a leader, you should really create a culture where you're empowering your employees, even within your own department, to come up with the new ideas and be proactive and be strategic and always be mindful in always that way.
2: Yeah, that's very much culture. How much empowerment are you giving to your departments and how much are you dictating? How agile can people be? How are they given the you know, opportunity to sit and think or think outside the box and come up with new ideas and share those ideas? Or is it status quo? Everyone's putting out fires all the time and it's just a matter of just trying to keep our head above water. I mean, that's general culture right there. That's not even a security, a security issue. Uh, so it really comes down to making sure that... Um, I've totally forgot what your question was.
1: It's just that you, you that the, this, the cybersecurity, for example, if I have a Gen Z on my team, they may have a new place or know of a new place where some of our information can be organized better or that I haven't even heard of an app or um, some type of portal. Um, and, you know, I want them to be able to come to me and tell me about it. it might be yes. a idea.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So general culture is, do we allow our people to bring us ideas or are we constantly just saying no, or we're not even asking and they just stopped even bringing up ideas. Do we give people the opportunity to be part of the solution? And who do we, do we look at our lower our gen, our gen Z's our millennials and, and go, you know what? These are smart people. Or do we treat them like everyone else seems to be treating them? Oh, these millennials today. And it's not, they're smart. They're really smart. They've got great ideas. They do things differently. They were raised by us so how can we be mad at this group of people that everyone who seems to be mad at them are the people who raised them, right? Everyone. And the baby boomers and the Gen Xers who raised the, the millennials are just as bad in terms of walking around on their face and phone and all these things. So I'm, you know, I, I'm not a millennial and I, I think they're getting a bad rap. And I think from a culture perspective, I am glad you brought them up because they have great ideas and they should be talk to and ask for that stuff. And that's just culture.
0: What is the number one weakness right now in, in, in a lot of companies that you work with? I mean, is it phishing through email? Is it, is it clicking on links to websites they shouldn't be on? Is it hacking? Is it, is it, is it an inside job? I mean, what, do you, what is really the, the number one threat that, that a lot of businesses have right now with cyber security?
2: You, you hit the nail on the head on many of them. May I do a public service announcement before I answer your question? Absolutely. Absolutely. OK. I've got a lot of friends who are hackers, and the term hacker is not necessarily a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Someone who can, you know, use a computer to, you know, get and gain information or figure things out. Uh, Just most hackers that we know are ethical hackers, and there's actually a certification. The White Hats. And we need them because they find the problems, and then you hope that the organization will then find the problem before the criminal breaks in, and all the headlines are always, a hacker did this, a hacker did this, a hacker, a hacker, a hacker. And I know my friends who are hackers out there are really tired of it, because mm-hmm. they're like, I'm a hacker, we're hackers, we're good, we're here but to help.
0: They're the white hat hackers though, right? They're not the black hats. <laughs>
2: they're, exactly, so while I think some of it's taking, been taken a little too far to say, okay, the term hacker can mean good or bad, and in most cases, it's being addressed as a criminal. But I I liked it, and you haven't heard me really use the word hacker because I've been talking about attackers or criminals to Mm -hmm. try and keep the terminology separate. And I just, you know, if anyone's listening that's in the media or actually writes articles and talks about hackers, start to think about it maybe more as the criminal element more than just the term hacker. Got it. That's just- my public service announcement for, for my friends out there who are hackers.
0: She's Sharon, Sharon Smith, and she's approved this message.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now, to answer your question, Lee, about what are, like I think, the biggest threats or what you were asking about, phishing is a huge threat right now. It's amazing how big it is because of ransomware. Years ago, I remember ransomware being discussed, and it was kind of, I, I felt like more theory at the time. And it was more of a educational discussion than it was reality. And now we see it's a billion dollar industry and organizations have a couple choices. They either have to pay the ransom, which means basically negotiating with terrorists and also saying, okay, it worked now go do it to someone else. Cause we know it works. And if it works, they're going to keep doing it or they're going to lose their data because they may not have a good backup strategy. Maybe they have a good backup strategy and they can tell those attackers to go, you know, piss off Hmm. but um a lot of them can't afford to do that so they're paying the ransom so ransom is becoming ransom was becoming a billion dollar industry and has become a billion dollar industry for criminals and they're just going to keep doing it if we are going to continue to be victims phishing is a huge huge reason that happens another big threat is third parties and remote access too many organizations have their remote access wide open where mm-hmm. someone can come in over the internet and as long as they can get a user ID and password, which they could have harvested through a phishing attempt, they're in. Uh, Some of the smaller organizations don't use what we call multi-factor authentication. They're not using VPN. They're using some basic remote tools that it's not that hard to get the user ID and and passwords figured out either through phishing or through some other type of attack or gassing brute force. And so that, that access is there for remote users or for third parties, and it's not being monitored. It's not being locked down. So many, many attackers are getting in, and even where... Remote access is being locked down. We saw at Target and I think also Home Depot, Target definitely, their HVAC vendor was compromised. That compromise came through the HVAC system and into the network, which wasn't properly configured to keep them out of the credit card data. So third parties, vendors, and those connections are huge risks if not vetted properly, monitored properly, and secured.
1: So your world is just a constantly evolving, ever moving target. Um, (laughs) and you know, continuing education is big in your area of practice. (laughs) Um, so for people who would like to reach out to you or have any questions after hearing from this, in which way would you like to be contacted?
2: I have one new web address that gives you all access, uh, 360 degrees to me. It's really simple. It's Sharon Smith, 360.com. And from there, You'll have access to my LinkedIn, my Facebook, which is less interesting. So LinkedIn, <laughs> um, my email address, uh, you can text me, call me, anything, you know, it's literally 360 degrees way of reaching website, videos, um, access to my stuff. And uh, as things change, that link will always be kept current with whatever is the current way to reach me. So smith 360com simple.
1: That's great. And also everybody be sure to go to her C-Suite success radio podcast on the C-Suite network as well. Sharon, I'm going to listen to some more episodes of that. Uh, so everybody needs to check that out. And, um, we're so glad that you were here today to teach us about some of this. Just this a small was fun. Snapshot. Thank snapshot. you. Yes.
2: And it was a lot more to talk about from leadership
1: in general,
2: so we could always do it again on a different topic.
0: That'd be great.
1: Excellent so for those of you who are listening to us for the first time please be sure to share this tell a friend Sharon you could tell all your friends we know it's exponential just tell everybody you know recommend this podcast subscribe rate and review please back episodes for us are at manage smarter.com and um, if you'd like to also suggest a guest there's a guest inquiry form on there and um, we would love to have you guys you know send us some of your um, professional network um, possibly to be on the show and so also I love to hear your feedback. We have had some people email us some questions and some constructive criticism.
0: Oh, not (laughs) not again. again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: My email is astrong at salesfuel.com. And I actually really enjoy when I get those emails. I know. And I always answer them. So, you know, give it a try. (laughs) Who knows what will happen. Thanks, everybody.
2: Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.